Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Leif, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. Uh, The purpose of this podcast is for me to share with you a little bit of why I believe it is so important for you and I as believers to be able to love Muslim on purpose, and also for you to see the significance of how Islam is related to Ishmael and how Ishmael is such a key to Isaac. It is an impossibility for you as a believer to not being aware that there is a lot of tension going on in the Middle East. And it has been going on uh, all the way back to when Israel got its own state in 1948. Uh, There's been several major wars that has been going on over this little land mass. And many people have a lot of questions. What is this? It's about this tiny little nation like Israel. How can this tiny little nation almost be a tipping point for things that is taking place all over the world? And what is our importance as believers to be able to make sure that we understand what's going on and that we're investing well in what God is doing, not what the enemy is doing, not what the politicians are doing. So anyway, I just wanted to answer some of the questions because I have so many different people that are asking me, what is this about the Muslims? life? why don't you use a little bit more time? And America has a lot of needs and America has a lot of problems. And hey, there's a lot of other places in the world you seems to focusing on this area. Is that because you have a special calling or is this? And I thought I'm going to be a little bit more clear so that you can see what motivates my heart. And perhaps as a result of that, maybe would motivate your heart to be able to capture the heart of the father towards Ishmael. And Ishmael represents the 1.8 billion Muslims. 85% of them are Sunni Muslim and 15% are Shia Muslim. But what is the father's hearts towards Ishmael? And will Ishmael receive the living water just like Ishmael was out in the wilderness and was crying? And God provided a woman, Hagar, who was his mama, And he's going to provide a woman, the church, to provide water for Ishmael while he was in the wilderness. And then how is that a key then to Isaac? And today I want you also to see, because I've had a lot of friends actually being judged for it. And there's people accusing me for being part of replacement theology and many other weird, strange things that is so far away from who I am. So I wanted to be able to clarify for some of you also, for you to see that it is totally possible to love Ishmael and Isaac with the same kind of a love. And you do not have to choose between us or them. Actually, first of all, Papa, God loved both Isaac and Ishmael. And so did Abraham. And it is important also for us to see that uh, Ishmael is also a son of Abraham. Even as God made a covenant with Isaac, he still made a promise with Ishmael. And it's interesting, one little scripture verse that puts it together, that by the time it was Abraham's funeral, these brothers came together and there was some kind of a reconciliation. So my question would be, could it be? Could it be? 
that you and I, that the key to eventually seeing the second coming of Jesus, I know that is to be able to reach the unreached when the last unreached people group have heard the gospel and then the end will come, Matthew 24, 14. And in the book of Revelation, they are represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. But could it also be that the very key and the very best investment we can do for Isaac and the Jewish people of the world that I have such a heart for, that I do love, but the best investment we can do, it is actually to make sure that Ishmael is coming home. And could it be that according to the book of Romans, uh, I think it is chapter 10, verse 10, uh, can it be that it is what's going to cause jealousy among the Jews when the fullness of Gentiles comes in. Who are those Gentiles that will cause jealousy among the Jews when they realize that we as a covenant people, why is it Ishmael is experiencing the same blessings that we are supposed to have? Could it be that when Ishmael, first of all, there's two things that the Muslims will do. It will take and waken up a lukewarm church to get on fire again when they see the fire in Ishmael. When the terrorist Saul is becoming an apostle, apostle Paul, it caused a fire to burn within the early church. But the second part of what is taking place with Ishmael here, it is also going to cause jealousy among the Jews because the Jewish people will see that the same God that we are in covenant with is touch covenant with is touching who they perhaps is considered enemies. So there is this history behind this, but it is so important for you and I to be able to see this from God's perspective. I thought about reading a couple of scripture verses that I had in some of my notes. And this is taken from Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. And it says, according to prophet Isaiah, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am I have found of them that sought me not. They did not seek God. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. This nation was not called by my name. Isaiah 65, 1. And then it says further on, and earlier on, it says, behold, God is going to do a new thing and it shall spring forth and make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and we shall all see it. Isaiah 43, Verse 19. So could it be that the Ishmael that represents the person in the wilderness, could it be that the cry of Ishmael will be heard and it's going to be water? God is going to do something new and water is going to come out of that wilderness and there's going to water is going to touch Ishmael. Could it be that if in the book of Revelation they are represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language, that it has to be included a 1.8 billion Muslim? Could it be that one of the reasons that is one of the most resistant area in the world to the gospel is because the life and the glory will eventually touch them. So let us go back again just to a couple of biblical things, back again to the book of Genesis, back to the story. First of all, I want us as believers to know one of the major issues in regard to this tension and the debate. Muslims believe that Ishmael was actually the true son of Abraham. If you are studying Islam, you will find that the belief of every Muslim, and that's why they have one of the biggest celebration in the year when you have Eid Mubarak. It is like Thanksgiving in our world. Everyone comes together. What are they celebrating after the Ramadan? It is that they believe this is when Abraham was about to offer Ishmael 
Ishmael was the promise. He was the covenantal son. That's what Muslims believe. And Jews would believers, Christians comes in and say, no, 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 Isaac is the one. God actually rejected Ishmael. A couple of things about Ishmael that is a little bit important for us to understand. Ishmael, he was about 13 years old when Abram changed his name to Abraham and became a father of all nation. And the covenant was made. There was one moment that Ishmael made fun of Isaac. And you remember the story that Sarah was not able to conceive. And as a result suggested that uh, Hagar, the, the, the bond servant, so the very promise that God has given them, they helped God a little bit. And as a result of that, they ended up with Ishmael. And uh, many of us also can end up birthing something when we are helping God because what God is speaking to us is impossible. It's supernatural. And then they come to the age where they couldn't do it. They brought Abraham together with Hagar. But then some jealousy was taking place and God was not finished with Sarah. We know this story. He wanted a supernatural birth, something that in the natural seemed impossible. And that's also when God made a covenant and eventually we know the story, Isaac was born. But there's something significant because already Ishmael, Ishmael himself had grown into becoming a young teenager. And he was about, he had kind of been joking or mocking a little bit about Isaac. And it was also the other time about, about Sarah wanted to kick him out. And the moment when he, imagine as a teenager, was sent into the wilderness pretty much to die. He is out in the wilderness. What, what is going to happen to him? When the father rejected him, the father wound that came in, Ishmael is in the wilderness. From a moment, I mean, the years and years before, he was a son of a wealthy father. He had an identity. He had value. He had everything. And then the next moment now, because of some kind of complex issues between Abram and his wife that he loved and that bond servant that was the mama of Ishmael, that Abram loved Ishmael and it was very hard for his heart when Ishmael was rejected and Ishmael was sent into the wilderness and Ishmael is out there. And there was a couple of things that happened to Ishmael at the time. Ishmael went from being a son to become a servant, to eventually become an orphan, to become a slave. Ishmael is out there in the wilderness and the very void that took place, it is a fatherless, it's a father deficiency, it's a father hunger. And at that moment, there's something deep in his heart that God cannot be a father and he cannot have a son. There's a root that went very deep that is connected to all the issues that you are seeing that is taking place throughout the world and especially in the Middle East. That very thing that started, because if you study the history, you know that when when Ishmael ended up with 12 sons, uh, and if you follow the lineage of that, one was Kirar. And Kirar, if you follow the lineage, Muhammad came in the lineage of Kirar. And this is very important for us to know that studying genealogy. So there's a trace for the Muslims. There's two different things that trace into pretty much all the Muslims where their roots are from. But there's another thing about Ishmael. Ishmael was the first person ever in the Bible that God gave him a name before he was born. And there is only four people totally together in all scripture. And Jesus was the last one that was named before they were born. This is significant because it's called the first thing first principle in scripture. Some of the things that God did first and said first shows us something very significant. And Ishmael was named Ishmael. That means God hears. Imagine <clears throat> that you are called God hears. 
and he's still hearing the Muslims today. That was a word that he made. It was a covenant that he's made. It was a promise that he made that I'm going to hear the cry of Ishma. What is on the father's heart is I want my family back. So even when he sent Jesus Christ, when we talk about who is this one new man, and that is to see both the Jews and the Gentiles becoming one in Christ Jesus. What we have done that I feel is an injustice. This is from my heart. Believers had to choose, hey, you either love Isaac, and if you love Isaac, you hate Ishmael. And I say that the choices we've had is from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, where we choose which one is good and the other one is evil, because we didn't make the choices from the tree of life. From the tree of life, things look differently, and you can see that both in Jesus. And here is the beautiful things that the book of Romans are beautiful described. You see it in Ephesians chapter 2. You find it also in Ephesians chapter 3. It is the very heart of the Father, how he wants to see in Christ Jesus. We're all becoming a new creation. And that is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We are becoming the one new man. And that's what he wanted, a whole new family of sons and daughters. It is no longer about Jews nor Gentiles. They're becoming one. But for that to take place, it's going to be important for us as believers to see things the way that God sees things. Because as long as we have this view, and we can see that in our finances, we can see that in our prayer, we can see it. There. How do we invest? Why do we only invest 50 cents out of every $100 of mission money towards reaching 1.8 billion Muslims with the love and the light of Jesus? And then we wonder why it's darkness, because where our treasure is, is where our heart is. So I grew up in a culture that was very pro-Israel. And by the way, I am still very pro-Israel. So anyone that listens to this, you will never hear me dishonor or say anything bad. That's not where I have the issue. I have the issue about people that says, if you're going to be pro-Israel, you have to be anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, or anti-Muslims. That's where I'm coming against because that's what I don't believe. I think that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. I think that is reading things based upon the curse instead of the cross. I think that is going in and viewing the wrong covenant because you do not realize the new covenant that God is doing something new. And he, and I know that for a fact, and I know it from a biblical perspective, how do you know? Because I read the book of Revelation. I know what God started, he finished. And I have seen the ending. And in the ending, you can find that one new man that is so beautifully described in the New Testament. We are becoming one with him. And that was the prayer of Jesus in John chapter, John chapter 20. And excuse me, John chapter, excuse me, it was in, uh, now I have to kind of think through the scriptures here in my mind that uh, the high priestly prayer, John chapter 17, of course, verse 20 through 26, where Jesus is actually praying that we're going to be one as he is one. The very love that he have with the Father is going to be in us. The very glory. Light penetrates darkness. Glory penetrates gross darkness. And some of those darkest places, when the glory starts to touch the church, that's what's going to open up gross darkness and some of the darkest places in the world. And those darkest places, light will win. How do I know? Because in the book of Revelation, there they are represented from those places in heaven. And the only way they're going to be in heaven is to meet Jesus here on earth. So this is just a little of the framework. Why Ishmael? And why Ishmael is important to me. Ishmael uh, has the least among missionary of any religion in the world. It's like if our responsibility as believers, we had a cure for a disease. And say if there was a cancer that was sweeping the wall and we sat with the 
cure. Why would we only have one doctor for every 486,000 Muslims? That's what we do. Or if there is a fire burning, why would we only have one firefighter among 486,000 Muslims that is on fire? And we could just go on and on and on. And I think that this is what I feel one of the injustices that I saw that changed my priorities. That doesn't mean I don't have a priority for Hindus or Buddhists or atheists or the Jewish people, but this is part of my priority because I saw that on God's heart and on God's priority. He wants to make sure that nobody is going to perish, that everybody's going to know how good Papa God is and how loved they are. He wants everyone to experience a God just like Jesus. That's including both Jews and the Gentiles. Another reason I want us to go into why this is fresh of the restoration, because as many of you know, for 28 years, <coughs> excuse me, I've loved on Ishmael well. But God started to put Isaac back in my heart. So I said I grew up with a support of Isaac. I pastor a Baptist church that sent team uh, to, to Israel. My parents, they uh, offered tickets for, and several of my siblings, pretty much all of them have been to Israel. My parents went to Israel and we were offered. And so for so many years, I counted over 36 different times I've had opportunity to go to Israel. And I had to withheld, not because I didn't want to go, love to go, but I had to choose and make a choice at that season to be able to stay focusing on, just like Paul said there in Romans 10.20. He had to stay, excuse me, Romans 10.20. Yeah. He had to stay focusing on and making sure that this gospel, that, that that was being preached all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum. He had this strategy and I knew I had to stay within my lane, but it was hard many times when friends, churches, believers, and even some of my Jewish friends, I actually have a Jewish spiritual son that has been in the office here today. And so I'm putting that, and then I have another one from Lebanon that is in my office waiting now for me to be able to be together with him who yeah, could teach us a lot of Arabic. And the, the beautiful thing for me is I have family, I bought Jews, uh, and I have Gentiles. I both have people that represent Isaac and Ishmael in our family, sitting at the family table, being one with him. But just recently, together with my friend Heidi Baker, and we were sitting with another friend like Max and Lynn Hammond as we were in Minnesota speaking at a conference. As we sat, I was just heading to the bathroom. I didn't even think about it. And on my way to the bathroom, I just heard as clearly as you and I are talking. It was an inner voice that says, the time has come for you to go and meet Isaac and get to know Isaac and love Isaac the way you have loved Ishmael. And I want you to help to bring them together to see the one new man. And I've waited for that for many, many years. And I didn't know that that voice was going to come. I didn't expect it. I didn't pray for it. I didn't. There was nothing for me whatsoever that was seeking that. But I knew at that moment there was an invitation for me now to start. And I look forward to go to Israel. I look forward to spend some time with, with the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I look forward to going in and be able to walk so many of the places that I've been studying in the Bible and so this has been a dream come true. But it is not about what I want. It is what God wants. That's why I waited for, there was 36 years now since my first invitation to go to a place that I desire and wanted to go. But I had to with help. And this is even before I knew about Ishmael. I just knew you need to hold back. So I've been to 106 country, but there's another country coming, and that is Israel. And my desire in this season 
is the continue to love my Muslim family and my Muslim world, but then also to love an Isaac and Israel and to be able to see the Palestinian and Jews. I'm not saying they're going to have the same theology and everything else, but when they meet Jesus and Jesus is going to still be the master reconciler, he brings the ministry of reconciliation and at the family table, it makes no difference when they're meeting Jesus, because at that moment we're becoming one. And that's what we have in common. We were all, we were sinners and we have been saved and we've been saved by grace. We were orphans and now we're all sons and daughters. And we're stepping in and finding a place at the family table. And I've just seen this big, beautiful family table where Jews and Gentiles, Muslims are including those Gentiles like you and I. So that's what we can actually identify with Ishmael. You and I can identify with him because we were Gentiles like him. We were also rejected by the Father until Jesus showed up and says, the Father has not forgotten about you. And he came to seek and save that which was lost. And that's including you and I. So I'm so grateful for the promise that he's made to Ishmael and the covenant he made to Isaac. But I'm also so grateful for the one new man that is on the heart of God, and it is the heart of all our believers and my encouragement to each one of us that we will invest to see that taking place. It is connected to uh, what I believe is going to be an end time harvest. It's going to be such a key when the rest of the world will start to see some of the oneness that starts to take place at the different family tables. I think one of my favorite stories, and then I'm landing this today, one of my favorite stories that was after September 11. One of the Jewish people, he yelled at this Muslim in his meeting, you did this to us. And one friend had actually brought them together and got them to know each other. They got to know their family and got to know their sibling. And these, that Jewish that hated a Muslim, a Muslim that hated a Jew, are best friends today. And something starts to take place when people that are ambassadors of love that will represent the king and to eventually learning the culture of two different cultures because you know the culture of heaven and you know the culture of Jesus. And then you will bring that board to our Jews and to the rest of the Gentile and you will bring them home. He doesn't want anyone to be orphans any longer. John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. So my heart and my desire in this season, I know there is going to be a restoration. Why? Because God is inviting us into it. My heart will be able to see in this next season from Bethlehem to many of these different sites, my heart will be able to see now that this gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ is going to, sometimes it's going to be in direct way, another one indirect way. But the language of love is going to be the language that is going to open up the eyes of both Isaac and Ishmael where they are going to be able to see who they are. And as a result of that, when they do have an encounter with the love of Jesus, there's going to be such a transformation. And I do believe this is an invitation for you and I to be part of what God is doing in this setting. So keep me in prayer. This is a new part of our dream. This is part of the lighthouses of love that's going to be in the Middle East. And wouldn't it be looking good to see lighthouses of love spread towards Israel and Jordan and Lebanon? including me having a spiritual son from Lebanon here, for us to dream together, what does this look like? Where homes are filled up with Jews and Muslims that are worshiping Jesus and is loving one another and is showing their neighborhood a God that looks like 
Jesus. I bless you. Or he is praying a prayer that we we will help to open up their eyes so they may see. The God of this age, I think in the second Corinthians 4, 4, has blinded so they cannot see. But I am sending you, according to the book of Acts, to open up their eyes so they may see. Or may open up the eyes. Any of the prejudice, any of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that tree was cursed and is still cursed today. So forgive us when we're operating from the good and evil lenses instead of the Jesus lenses. And I bless you to be able to have 2020 visions to see them the way God sees them, love them the way that God loves them. So into love. Invest in love. It is the very thing that is going to transform the Middle East. I love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com. 